Welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and anyone in the middle of a struggle comes together to learn more about embracing the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your fellow middler and guide whose claim to fame this week is getting a prescription refilled on time. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Middleman, and I'm so excited. She is the founder and host of Flame Bearers. Flame Bearers celebrates the resilience of women through the lens of sport. From household names to unsung heroes, each of their stories features highlights of successes, struggles, and social issues that drive the world's most prestigious athletes. Flame Bearers is the first global storytelling platform that celebrates the stories of women, Olympians, and Paralympians. Reaching listeners in 47 countries, she is championing named the incredible work of these athletes, but also highlights the professional, personal, and social issues that motivates their achievements. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you. So nice yeah. to be here, Lacey. I'm so psyched to chat with you. When I did a little bit more research about flame barriers, I was like, these are, this is exactly what I would hope to want to hear. So yeah. I'm a, oh, a little yeah. bit of a, a fangirl <laughs> of this idea of um, taking these people that we think are so incredible, because they are. Totally. And seeing the behind the curtain and whatnot of all the things to get to where they need to go. So, oh, so cool. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're preaching to the choir on that one. They pretty much got me through COVID um, in the sense of, you know, here are people who woke up every day not knowing if the Olympics or Paralympics were even going to happen. And I was, you know, moping in bed being like, well, I can't see people. Um, So yeah, real models of resilience. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I like to start with asking about when you first heard of the middle, and I find that people tend to have a visceral reaction of, oh, well, this is what the middle is for me. So what was your kind of initial reaction to the middle? I think I'm um, a little unique. So um, first of all, I went to uh, my birth order. I am the middle child. Uh, My last name is Middleman. So I've always always been like, I'm the true middleman, but I'm like, no, I'm a middle woman actually. Yeah. Um, so those are the first two things that come to mind um, when I think about it. it. And then, to be honest, from more of like an emotional perspective, I think of when I have kind of a lack of clarity of direction when I've been moving towards something, but it is yet to be finalized or solidified. Mm-hmm. That, you know, stage kind of. of exactly. Not knowing what's going on. Yeah. I, I have to be honest. I really feel like I should have picked out the, the middle man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is just perfect. I, yeah. I, am, I, am, I am the ultimate middler. <laughs> you are. Yeah, and that's why I, I like to joke that I feel like the middle is chasing me. And so finally, I'm just trying to embrace that. it. Because like, I live in the Midwest. I am in the middle of life, you know, all these different things. Right. And then <laughs> Like it's literally in my name. You, you win. <laughs> there we go. We, we, we can share it. We can be we can in the middle it. together. Uh, it's it's fine. It's fun here. I usually like to to kind of structure this where we talk about the concepts and what's going on in the middle through one kind of story because the middle can be huge, obviously. So um, I did ask you to think about a specific like moment or story that mm-hmm. uh, kind of exemplifies what the middle looks like for you. Yeah, totally. Um, This is a little scary for me to admit, but it's my period of where I am right now. I would love to be able to say that, you know, I had been in the middle like 10 years ago and I resolved it and I came out and it was all 
beautiful and green. I'm currently very much in a middle phase or stage of my life. Um, so starting Flame Bears about two and a half years ago, it was simply just a podcast. And I don't say just a podcast to demean it. I, this was this is my full-time job now. I think podcasts yeah. are the best. But um, I graduated from uh, my master's program while doing this podcast full-time. And since then, I have been trying to um, position Flame Bears as more of a storytelling platform. So repositioning us more in terms of how do you tell stories across different mediums? So yes, podcasting is absolutely one of them, but then you have things like video documentaries, mm -hmm. uh, Instagram lives and socials, you have live events, things like that. So my middle moment right now is trying to reimagine what my life and this business can be um, that I've been working on for two and a half years. Um, so it's very messy. Um, I wish that I could be like, yep, we're done, all buttoned up, ready to go. That is definitely not the case. We're doing things, we're trying things, we're seeing what works, what doesn't stick. So it's definitely work in progress. I have so many questions. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, I love hearing about what people's educational background is because sure. that's where I've spent most of my career up until this point. Uh, what, what is your master's degree in? What did you study? Sure, so I'm, I'm a little bit of a runaway student who was trying to avoid adulthood for as long as possible. <laughs> So I worked for, I went to Middlebury College, got my undergrad in international affairs, uh, geography, super, super uh, hireable, of course, just kidding. Um, I mean, we're all somewhere. Yeah, right. I worked for eight years in nonprofit management and CSR, and then I went back for my MBA. I got that at Dartmouth, and then I got a master's at pu of public administration. So basically, public-private partnerships is what I want to do. So you have two masters. I have two masters. I exactly. have two masters, too. Hey. One of those things that you're like, no one cares. <laughs> right? That, that's why I didn't lead with that. So I kind of just, I'm like, well, if she asks me, fine, but otherwise I'm not going to be Two masters does yeah. not make make a doctorate it's just right yeah <laughs> I worked in higher education so they oh, trust cool. me they know that two masters is not a doctorate is, there. they definitely <laughs> do now they remind us daily <laughs> uh, I like I appreciate that you kind of saw or had those two different degrees and you kind of just formed it into your definition there I like that a lot yeah so I mean that was definitely another middle moment I know you said you like to focus on one and that would probably oh, be where I'm, taking the, yeah. where I'm taking the business but that that was definitely, you know, another moment of me where I went into my first degree being like, hey, I want to go into CSR for supply chain. I took a couple supply chain classes and I was like, this is not for me at all. Real totally quick. pivoted. Yes. Can you define CSR for me? So completely so sorry that's very annoying of me corporate no. social responsibility corporate social so essentially that's when a lot of companies like a patagonia organizations doing matching grant programs mm -hmm. donating portions of their proceeds greenifying how they make their their goods so essentially like only using recycled goods when they make x y or z product so yeah. that's CSR. We're going down a completely different path. I'm genuinely <laughs> really curious about this. Okay. I often find myself in this tug, in this middle. See, I could, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like annoying it works so much between um, business and profits and totally. this idea of nonprofit. So I'm really fascinated by everything we're talking about of this like push and pull of we're here to make money, but we're going to give the money. And when we give the money, it helps us make money. And it's right. just this like mess <laughs> of 
and in a good way and in a bad you know it's just it's a lot totally and I, I think I think we're starting to see a whole bunch of different organizations that are kind of playing in a in a gray space like big corporations which are where what are called for purpose corporations who mm-hmm. whose focus is not necessarily simply uh, turning a profit but they actually have a mission that they see as their guiding north star so it's it's definitely interesting i think the the business model of what was seen as acceptable is definitely changing and have you taken that into flame bearers now of how you are trying to build this business a hundred percent so still working on the business model so if anyone (laughs) has any ideas please reach out we're actively pitching corporate sponsors but so that's kind of the space that we want to play in so is at the intersection of government because everyone is trying to work in women's empowerment and education for youth and specifically around fitness and well-being with the obesity epidemic and then also nonprofits. There's so many incredible organizations that are doing this. And from a corporate social responsibility perspective, there's so many companies that are investing in uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, specifically around women and minority voices and people of different abilities. Half of our athletes are Paralympians. Fascinating. For example, I am in a much earlier phase, right? So I I'm starting this business. I still have a hard time even calling it a business. I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's a business. I, you got it's it. It's a business, but I want to make money. I want to make a living from this. That kind of stuff. It's a business. But I am struggling with this um, idea of making money ethically sure. and uh, in ways that I feel comfortable with. don't know if it's just a like Midwest white lady mm. thing of not talking about money, you know, so it is an uncomfortable place for me to be. And I am that and it's just about me. So yeah. I imagine with a greater purpose, that's even more complicated. Yes, I would say it's definitely more complicated. At the same time, I I feel no shame in pitching this because I don't feel like it's about me in the sense that okay. I'm, a, I'm able to go to co- corporate sponsors and say, do you, do you believe in telling the stories of resilient women? Do you want your little boy or your girl to have a role model who sounds and looks like them? Mm-hmm. I'm not telling my story on these podcasts. This, this is all about, you know, the first woman from Afghanistan to compete in cycling. It's about Castor Semenya of South Africa and how she was unfairly barred from Tokyo because of her naturally high testosterone levels. You know, it's 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 athletes like Tammy from Chile who has spina bifida. This is actually where I become like a very, very much a mama bear and a fierce advocate for these athletes. Not that they need me by any means. They are the toughest, strongest people I know. Uh But when it is about something other than myself and something that I really believe in, I I go all in. Well, that's really freaking cool. Sorry, I just, I feel inspired. One of the biggest gifts you could ever give me is telling a friend, coworker, loved one, family member, anybody that you know that you think would enjoy the podcast about it. We're a little operation and just you sharing with one person will make a huge difference for us. So if you have some time today, take a minute, share sharing the middle with someone in your life and hopefully they'll start sharing the middle with us. 
I I am also curious. So uh, I'm gonna be very honest. I am not a sports person. Yeah. I like to. I joke. I'm like I don't sport. But again, like I said, I am a white lady from the Midwest in a totally. very sports dominated culture. So my whole life, I've had to mask that I care about sports. Mm. But <laughs> I also am one of those people that the minute the Olympics are on, I'm like shut it all down. We're watching the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I'm an expert swimming, like instructor, giving them <laughs> tips on what they're doing wrong. So uh, I see the value of what sport, especially in like what you're talking about, can do for people and communities. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to hear kind of about what brought sport into this for you. Totally. I would say for me, sport was one of my greatest teachers growing up. Some of my uh, happiest moments, also some of my most cringeworthy, never want to talk about moments happened <laughs> while I mean, playing ditto. sport, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, and when I was thinking about starting this business, I was this was at the very beginning of the pandemic, and mm -hmm. basically people were locked alone, isolated, in need of hope. And... I think that sport has an incredible ability to bring people together. Um, but to to your point, I think what people really connect with are stories. And it's easy to, to root for someone or something that you really love or you believe in. So we actually try to not focus too much on the sport itself, but, but who these women are almost. So what they're passionate about, their, their, their commitment to pay equity or to disability bias or to racial justice. And for that reason, it's using sport as kind of a, a conduit. But in this sense, I guess we're in a different middle ground because there's, we're really the only ones doing that. We're talking about the power of sport through the humanity of it. We're not really, we're not uh, telling you what the score of the next game is. We're telling yeah. you, you know, what Sue Bird cares about and why. Well, that's a way to get me interested in sports. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully my dad hears that someday. Of the <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted me to play soccer, you had to make it a story. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I mean, hey, like I I'm a huge sports person, but I know there's a huge portion of the population who who isn't. Mm -hmm. So in order to resonate them with them, you need to speak a language that they care about. And that is normally something that's not really sports related. Yeah, well, and I also think it's very easy to feel marginalized by that major sport culture totally agree. of, you know, this is what an athlete looks like. And this is what a fan looks like. This is how you're a good athlete. This is how you're a good fan. You know what I mean? So totally. I really appreciate, you know, what you're saying, because it's providing more entry points beyond mm -hmm. that kind of one story. Totally. And I mean, that's kind of more broadly what we're trying to do in the sense that less than 4% of, of media coverage related to sports goes to women. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much all of that 4% goes to people who look like me. You know, the white yeah. woman from the global north who play certain sports. If you are disabled, if you are black, if you are brown, if you uh, practice a certain religion, if you're LGBTQ, like you're not going to get covered. And how you get covered is often really pityingly or disempowering. We're trying to change that. Absolutely. So let's kind of pivot back into our, our middle. So Great. 
tell me a little bit more about your start. So we talked about, you know, it was a pandemic. Yeah. You wanted to provide people a moments of hope. Was there a moment where you're like, oh, this is working or this is happening? That like marker of success as you were going through? A hundred percent. So it would probably be the end of season one when we were able to interview Castor Semenya. So Castor Semenya, um, for those who are unfamiliar, is a two-time Olympic gold medalist from South Africa. She was kind of the face of Nike for a long time. We were able to interview her and spotlight her. The moment where I was like, wow, this is working, was actually when I received feedback from Castor and Castor's manager on how what we were doing mattered to her. It wasn't downloads, it wasn't video views, it was how our work uplifted her and made her feel supported at a time when she was getting a lot of negative negative feedback and negative coverage. Oh, I just got chills. It's really cool. <laughs> and I, again, I'm not yeah. to make this about them, trying to empathize where you you know are in these moments. I've yet to have that moment. And so it's actually really nice to hear that it wasn't metrics, because that's what I no. have now of like right? analytics of who's seeing what and, or not seeing what, you know what I mean? Or how many right. likes. So to hear that your middle like a moment to tell you that where you're in the middle and it is working yeah was so internally valuable yeah that's awesome i mean maybe hindsight's 2020 but it was it was definitely a moment where i was like you know what if one person hears caster's story i don't care because she's happy yeah that's really so like cool. hey i i guess i i guess i can go to bed feeling like i contributed something to the world today <laughs> <laughs> so you're still in your middle Yep. Understandable. Mm -hmm. Do you have an idea in your mind of when you will be not there anymore? Or is there, have you conceptualized what that even looks like yet? So I know where I want to go. I know what it would look, I know what the, the end zone to use a sports metaphor, or I know what the, you know, the finish line, which is frankly, a continuously evolving finish line looks yeah. like, which makes kind of the conversation about what the middle is so funny because it's relative and very messy. Yeah. What I want Flame Bears to become is the largest global storytelling platform for women Olympians and Paralympians and really a community of, of women who support each other. So people who value resilience and whether or not they are into sport can learn from and support each other. So it would be, you know, stories via podcast, via video, live events, all around um, women in sport, but really the things that they care about. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see that. Thank I, you. I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to happen. Now I'm I'm motivated to help Thank make that happen. Please do. So that's that's the goal. That's what I need yeah. to get to. I like to kind of bookend our conversation. I love a takeaway. I love a life lesson, mm. something that someone could take away from our conversation. So whether that's you before you hit that moment with Caster's story, yeah. whether it's something you yourself maybe needs to hear right now, do you have kind of a, a little takeaway or life lesson to impart? Yes. I also love hearing, if you're open to sharing one for me, I love hearing yours too. A couple different things um, that the first one is it's okay to be uncomfortable and to be open about being super messy and not having it all together. I think the way I grew up in, in, in higher education, 
you're told to have everything, you know, super formal and super ready to go. And I had been in the corporate world before and putting your your dirty clothes out in public is is very much frowned upon. Yep. And I think what I have learned throughout this process is that I disagree with that. I actually think it's really important to be open about where you are, even if you are struggling, or frankly, especially if you're struggling because then other people can support you and you can support them down the line. So I think my greatest lesson has been just to be really transparent, even though it it's really hard about where you are in the process. So, you know, I think for me, that means right now, owning the fact that, you know, I'm not exactly where I want to be. I have a long road ahead of me. I've, yes, I've hiked quite a bit up the mountain, but I am not even at the the halfway mark. I would say it's from talking to you today. One of my big takeaways is just that even if I see things as competing interests, I don't have to treat them that way. Ooh. I can hold kind of several truths the same yeah. at once. So that's something that I'm going to be thinking about. Thank you for the snaps. I love that's it. such a good one. Um, so yeah, so first of all, thank you so much. This was so much fun to talk and, and hear yeah. from you. What, how can people find you? What do you have going on? How can they support all that jazz? What would be most helpful is for you to join the Flame Bearers community. So what that means is give our podcast a listen. Let us know what you're thinking. Follow us and engage with us on social media. We are Flame Bearers on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And we are really a community of people who are passionate about elevating the voices of women in sports. And we want to know from you what you like about our work, what you want more of, if there's areas of improvement. We really view this as a team effort. So hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so much for sharing and joining me today. This was really lovely to talk to you. As usual, thank you for sharing The Middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the M-D-D-L.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. I am a one-woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want The Middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop The Middle with some merch or my books. The Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again. Thanks for sharing the middle with me. As always, I hope you've been able to see a little bit of yourself in the story we shared today. Don't forget to follow, share, rate, review, and follow me on social media at Lacey Shares. You can always check out the Joyful Support Movement at joyfulsupportmovement.com and see all of the amazing goodness we have there, like No Shame in the Home Game, Pops of Joy, courses, resources, and of course, the Joyful Support Village. All right. Now go out there and spread some joy.